Hey guys, welcome back to the Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren, and I'm bringing you a little bit of a throwback recording this morning. This is from a former post that has not made it to iTunes yet. It's actually episode number 45, and as some of you may know, I used about the first 90 episodes or so of this podcast series as a practice run, and my ultimate goal was to get this thing on iTunes at some point and get it out there for more people to see, and now we are there. But I've had a lot of feedback lately from people coming to me saying that they want me to post this post, episode number 45, which centers around the miracle morning for salespeople. And if you don't know about this book, I would highly encourage you to go get it. And that is an understatement, but it's from the wisdom of Hal Elrod. And I was a little concerned, you know, I run the risk about possibly poor quality. I had a rinky-dink microphone that I used back then. It wasn't nearly the quality that I use now. And it's really important to me as I put things out there on iTunes for the world to hear that I'm getting you the best quality that I possibly can. And remember, I did my first 90 episodes or so on SoundCloud only, and I did those through private links in preparation for an iTunes launch just because I wanted to get everything right. And you guys may know, especially if you have your own podcast out there, podcasts are really hard to do. There's a ton of preparation And I just thought, you know, someone sits down with some notes in front of them. They record a few words and thoughts. But no, there is much more to it than that. So I wanted to practice this. I wanted to get it right. And I wanted to have a series of recordings under my belt before we did an iTunes launch of the Success 101 podcast. But I'm excited to bring this to you this morning after much encouragement from other people who said, look, I've got people that are on iTunes out there that listen to podcasts every day. They need to hear your episode number 45 and my first thought was, gosh, I'd have to go and re- I'd have to go and record the whole thing again, and I don't know that I have the time or want to do that. And uh, I was really encouraged just to take what was out there and and put it out there. And so I listened to it a couple of times over and thought, you know what, the content is good enough that even though there may be some poor quality compared to some other recordings out there, I think you guys deserve to hear it. So I'm really excited to bring this to you, and I want you to lock in on the information that you're going to hear on this. You're going to hear about Curtis Estes and his Miracle Mornings. And at that point, I had not interviewed him yet. If you are a loyal iTunes listener to the Success 101 podcast, you'll see that one of the earlier versions that I did go ahead and post, which was from those original practice recordings, was an interview that I did with Curtis. So go check that out if you haven't heard the interview with Curtis Estes. He had already done over a thousand Miracle Mornings in a row at that point, and that's incredible. It was a great interview around his morning routine and the rituals that just help him create such an abundant life. You're going to hear in this recording the benefits of getting up early, how it may seem really hard at first, but really more of that's more of a, a mental mind game, which is easy to snap. You'll hear about that. And I really can't talk enough about the morning. Of all the things that I've learned, of all the things that I've locked into my brain, of habits that I want to have going forward. The morning routine has just been an absolute game changer for me. It's changed my life. So without any further delay, let's get into episode number 45, The Miracle Morning for Salespeople, part one by Hal Elrod and Ryan Snow. Welcome to episode number 45 and The Miracle Morning for Salespeople, part one. Welcome to Success 101 Podcast. This is Jared Warren, where my goal each episode is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now, let's kick things off. Hey, guys. Welcome to Success 101 Podcast, and it is a good morning, good morning. I'll save you that. It is a good morning, though. I was actually just at... 7-Eleven a few minutes ago, just grabbing a couple of things. I like to get some yogurt there. I'm Man, I'm a 7-Eleven-aholic, and people think that's kind of weird sometimes, but they have some great 
uh, stuff there. They've got a lot of fresh food, a lot of fresh breakfast food. You can also get a lot of junk there, right? But they've got a lot of good stuff. And uh, people think that's strange until they go check out our local 7-Eleven. And uh, very nice people that run that place there as well. They know me by name. And they we have lots of conversations. So I'm usually there about twice a day. But I was there earlier. And I got a text from my wife at 4.30. It was like right at 4.30 on the dot. And she says, why are you... Let me see if I can read it here. Why are you at the office at 4.30? You should be getting rest and sleeping. So... You know, that would seem common. It's 4.30 in the morning. She saw when I went to bed last night, though, about 9.30. So my new program here is to get in and get stuff done. Take action, right? I mean, that's the new deal for this year. And what I told her was, I said, hey, yeah, you know, you don't, you know she doesn't listen to these podcasts. Um, she's got so many other things with three little girls going on. But I said, hey, you don't, you don't know my new morning uh, routine, but I'm going to go work out. That's going to take, you know, however many minutes, and then I'm going to shower, and our you know, facilities here, then I'm going to pop back up here, and I'm going to uh, get into my morning routine, which is going to be, you know, I had to like spell it out for her, because she wouldn't know what Lifesavers is, if you've heard me talk about that before, S-A-V-E-R-S, so I said, you know, I'm going to get in some quiet time, I'm going to get in some journaling, I'm going to get in some, um, you know, some reading, and just kind of start my day on the right foot, and that's going to take about an hour, so give or take, and I said, you know, by the time all that's done, it's time to start diving into some things for the day, and so anyway, she's just, you know, she's concerned because she doesn't know the system, but she's going to know the system later because I'm going to tell her what it is, and maybe even let her listen to this podcast, but this uh, is another, um, you know, another episode about just how beneficial the morning is, and I hope you guys out there, I don't, I don't know if this is happening with some of you, but I hope you guys out there don't see some of the new things that I've put on about, you know, um, I put on the recording for Sleep Habits and, the, and morning, uh, Miracle Morning. I did a book review on the Miracle Morning. Here I am again talking about the Miracle Morning for salespeople. This is part one. So guess what? There's more coming, right? But I thought about this. I thought, man, am I, you know, am I talking too much about the morning? And guys, I don't think I can. I don't think I can. There is so much here. There's so many layers. And this is just, uh, you know, it's just changed my life. I, I knew getting up in the mornings was uh, was beneficial. I've been doing it for you know since last January of last year, but I didn't have any structure to it. And you can actually get up early in the morning, feeling okay. And if you just come in and start, you know, just dive bombing into your emails and stuff. I mean, basically, what you're doing is you're making your miserable day start earlier. So I don't think I'm going overboard here at all. And we're going to get through uh, the miracle morning for salespeople. So if you heard another one of my talks. It was actually, um, you know, I actually mentioned in there, I said, hey, it, not many books out there actually have a sequel, so to speak, or a uh, you know, sub, sub book that goes with it that's better than the first book, because usually it's just an extension, and they repeat a lot of things in there. This one I thought was actually better than The Miracle Morning, and I think I would have thought that if I wasn't even a, a salesperson. It just goes a little bit deeper. I think, they, I think they learned how to master The Miracle Morning, Hal Elrod, and then this co-author here. So how learn how to master the miracle morning and then basically just said, hey, let's do one for salespeople. There's one for real estate people out there as well. I know a couple of guys listening into this are real estate guys. Get the miracle morning for salespeople, real estate, uh, miracle morning for, I think there's a couple of other ones out there now that they have, but just fascinating stuff. And really, you know, uh, scientists will tell you, researchers will tell you, some of the top Fortune 500 CEOs will tell you, just, just really productive people out there will say, my day, my activity, everything starts by what I do in the morning. You've heard me say over and over again, though, 98% of what happens in your AM is actually determined by your PM. So you can have this great plan 
really planned out. And if your PM is really wrecked with staring at blue screens and not getting enough sleep and being stressed out when you go to bed so your brain's on overdrive, you'll have a pretty crappy morning even though you've got this great plan. So we're going to dive into the book here, Miracle Morning for Salespeople. This will be part one because there's so much here that I want to unpack for you guys that there's just no way, no way to do it all in one recording. And I don't don't really know how long this recording is going to go. I usually have kind of a a timed out plan here, but we're just going to slow play this. I want to not rush through things. I want to give you just the the coup de gras, right? This you know, this summation here of this whole morning thing. And you'll probably get a little bit more of it from Curtis Estes too whenever I interview him coming up. I think he's actually going to talk a little bit about his Miracle Morning because he saw what I was doing with the podcast and liked it. He's been doing Miracle Morning for like, I don't know, I could butcher this. Sorry, Curtis, if I do, but it's like a thousand mornings or something like that that he's been doing the Miracle Morning. But this is Miracle Morning for Salespeople, part one. And I'm trying to get to my, my notes here in Kindle. Uh, but basically, why mornings matter more than you think. That's where we're going to kick off. And I'm going to give a quote here from the book. And uh, Todd Duncan from High Trust Selling. He's got a book out there called High Trust Selling that I'd, I'd encourage you to check out as well. But the quote says, True success doesn't begin with the stuff on the outside, whom you persuaded last week, how much you sold last month, what you earned last year, how much you can afford to buy this year. Lasting success is built with the stuff on the inside, who you are and who you want to become, why you sell, and what legacy you intend to leave. So, pretty, you know, pretty profound quote. It doesn't really have to do what you did uh, last week, you know, who you persuaded last week, what people can buy this year, what's going on. Your true success, your true success in business is going to be what you have on the inside and what type of legacy you want to leave. Why? Because that's what builds your core fundamentals. That's what pushes you forward whenever things get tough. So, how you start each morning and the mindset and the context of how you start that is going to determine the rest of your day. You're going to be more purposeful. You're going to be more disciplined. You're going to be more growth-infused, as Hal Elrod calls it, goal-oriented. And you're virtually, he says, guaranteed to crush each day if you do this thing the right way. Yet, most people in high productive businesses like ours, they're going to start their days doing what? Procrastinating, right? Hitting the snooze button like I did for 14 years. Sending a message to their subconscious that says they don't even have enough self-discipline to get out of bed in the morning, let alone do what's necessary to reach their business goals. So why do mornings matter so much? They go into this chapter in the book that basically just says, hey, there's scientific evidence behind this. There's plenty of proof that the early bird gets the worm. And, you know, the bullet points here on this of why mornings matter so much. Number one, you'll be more productive. That sounds very simple. But really, you will. You'll be a lot more productive than sleeping in and then just trying to you know, muscle your way through the morning. And um, uh, there's a, a quote from the Harvard Business Review. Uh, Christopher Randler wrote this article at one point, and he says, quote, People whose performance peaks in the morning are better positioned for career success because they're more proactive than people who are at their best in the evening, end quote. So there's a lot of scientific research. You know, there's some people out there that have just kind of free-flow jobs. They can work whenever and wherever they want to, and they really just say, hey, I get my best work done in the evenings. You know, the kids are in bed, wife's in bed, whatever, and I can just really go to work. And I would say take that, I would agree with the book, take that same person, put them in the morning on some sort of a, uh, a routine, get them some sleep and some rest, and get them on these habits that we're going to be talking about here today. And they're, you know, it's just scientific, guys, these ultradian rhythms that I talk about where you can go for certain bursts at a time and these circadian uh, rhythms where you're up in the morning and you're down at night and you know you're just going to be more proactive in the morning it's the way our creator made us we're just designed that way sure you can get a lot done in the evenings but you're going to be a lot more productive take that same person in the morning so the second point here is you'll anticipate problems and head them off 
at the past. So Randler went on in this article that he wrote for the uh, for the Harvard Business Review and basically just said people are better to uh, they're uh, better able to anticipate and minimize problems. They're more proactive. They have greater professional success and ultimately make higher wages. These are people that are, you know, they've turned pro of, of getting up in the morning, right? This is what he's describing. And just says, you know, overall, you're going to act like a pro. You're going to plan like a pro. You're going to have time to organize, anticipate, plan for the day when your sleepy counterparts or your peers are being more reactive than proactive, and they're going to be leaving a lot to chance. You're going to be more stressed, actually, when you sleep through your alarm or you get up later in general. Why? Because you hit the ground running with this pressure. Not not running in a good way, but running with this pressure on you of like, hey, I'm late. i got to get out of here. i got to get going. And uh, you're, you, it feels so much better when you can just get up before the sun. You get a jump start on your day. Everyone else is running around and failing, by the way, to get their day under control. You're going to be cool, calm, collected, better organized. You're going to plan like a pro. The other thing is you're going to have more energy. So one of the components of the Miracle Mornings is going to be exercise, as you guys have heard me say, the savers, S-A-V-E-R-S. So the E is exercise uh, in just a few minutes a day, which I used to think was silly, right? I've mentioned that several times before. Research shows that in as little as 10 minutes of uh, vigorous exercise, so whether that's you know doing something all out to get your heart rate up, whether that's even just doing jumping jacks, Gosh, guys, that sounds so silly, right? But just doing something to get your heart rate up is going to carry on through, and it's an amazing amount of time that it carries through for for a few hours. But if you really go and you hit it hard, you know, the book says, hey, you can get your 10 minutes in to to get your brain pump going, but they really recommend about three to four days a week, I think it's actually four uh, days a week, having about a 60-minute, I'm sorry, 30 to 45-minute workout routine where you're really hitting it hard. But you're going to have more energy uh, when you exercise. You're going to have fresh, fresh oxygen in your body. You're going to carry, carry through a lot of that energy all day long, which is why a lot of the top business people out there exercise as part of their regimen. Even though they're super busy, they're going to build that in. They're going to be in better shape, get better sleep, be more productive. And, of course, all of this is going to increase your overall productivity. Uh, they say you'll gain early bird attitude advantages. So there's researchers uh, recently that did this study at the University of Barcelona in, uh, over in Spain, and they compared morning people, uh, you know, those, those early birds, as we call them, who like to get up at dawn, with evening people who claim to be the night owls. So they, you know, they kind of stake their claims like, no, nah, I'm more of a night owl. I can't get up in the morning. I'm not a morning person. And among the differences they found is that morning people tend to be more persistent, more resistant to fatigue, frustration, and difficulties. And that's going to translate into lower levels of anxiety, lower rates of depression, higher life satisfaction, and less likelihood of substance abuse. That sounds pretty good to me, right? I'll take that. So if you're the type of person that says, hey, I'm an entrepreneur, I work on my own, I don't really have to go into an office early in the morning, and in fact, I really don't work well doing that way, that's probably just a lie that you fed yourself, I would say. I said for a long time that, you know, I wasn't a morning workout person. I just can't get going in the morning. You know, why? Because I was snoozing for 14 years for an hour, and I was giving into the habit. I was enabling it. I was setting my alarm an hour earlier than what I actually needed to get up because I knew I would snooze for an hour. That's just silly. That's just silly, but I didn't know what I didn't know. I thought, you know, hey, I'm, this is just me. I just, you know, I would tell people like, hey, I sleep like a zombie. I sleep like a rock. It's just so hard for me to get up because I'm such a deep sleeper. Well, why was I a deep sleeper? Because I was getting like four hours of sleep every night. So it's just this endless cycle that just completely um, uh, just erodes your productivity and performance. But if you give into that, if you say, hey, I'm a night owl, I work better at night, that's probably a lie that you fed yourself. Maybe you do work really well at night, but take that same person. I would argue, this is, this is me, this is not from the book, I would argue 
that you take that same person, you put them on a morning routine to where they get up early in the morning, and you would find a lot more productivity out of that person and find them actually going to bed and enjoying it at night, as I do now. So you're also going to avoid those night owl disadvantages, as the book mentions. But, you know, evening people tend to be more extravagant, temperamental, impulsive, and novelty-seeking with a higher tendency to explore the unknown. They have more likely been known to suffer from insomnia, ADHD, and also appear to be more likely to develop addictive behaviors, mental disorders, antisocial tendencies, and even higher suicide rates. Not a pretty picture, guys. Not a pretty picture. So if you're doing a lot of just grind work at night and you feel in the zone, I would encourage you to turn that around. Stop lying to yourself that you can't get up in the morning. You can be a morning person. Uh, our creator wired us this way with these uh, these rhythms that we have, as, as researchers talk about, where your body is made to just naturally produce melatonin at night, as long as you're not looking at blue screens all the time, right? Naturally produce melatonin at night, and it's made naturally to make you wake up in the morning, right? I mean, we some of us wake up at night, right? But there's a reason that we're not falling asleep at 5 in the afternoon and then waking up at 9 p.m. to go start a day. We wake up in the morning, we go to sleep at night. That's just our rhythms. So don't be this. Not, don't have this night owl mentality. Now, some of you, if you have to work uh, that way just because of, you know, whatever your system allows, you know, I would just say try to build in the morning. That's pretty much all I can, uh, all I can say. But if, you know, if those, if those people at the University of Barcelona aren't enough in those research studies that you read about in the book, which by the way, I would tell you, don't just use this as your guide, go get the book. But, you know, if they don't give you enough evidence in the book, because they go on and on about it, uh, they're going to convince you, I would think, if you really go read this thing, they're going to convince you that the power of rising early is going to do what you want it to be. And if you build in this miracle morning technique that we're going to talk about this morning and we mentioned before, uh, the evidence is there. The evidence is there. You, you're going to be able to get up. And here's the deal, guys. I'll tell you this. The hardest part of this whole thing, and, and the book goes on to talk about this as well, it's really, it really is the first five minutes. It really is the first five minutes. So what you guys know that I do, I put the phone in another room. My wife nudges me in the morning. I get up. I'm up. So I'm up. But I don't feel great. Uh, I mentioned my colleague Eddie tells me to go and or tells people to go. You know, if I can just get to the sink, that's kind of his deal in the morning. If I can just get to the sink, get water on my face, I'm good. You know, for me, I take it a step further, gag myself a couple of times while I'm brushing my teeth. Just found that out out of uh, sheer, you know, just uh, mistake. Realized that if I brush my teeth first in the morning, gag a little bit brushing my tongue, it's going to force. A lot of blood into my face. It's going to force a lot of water into my eyes, and that's what gets me up. Kind of weird, I know. Take take it for what it is, but that's what gets me up, so I brush my teeth now first every single morning. But the first five minutes is the hardest, and so a lot of people start this morning routine. A lot of people have told me before even, like, hey, yeah, I tried that for a while, and, you know, I I, I just felt bad all the time. I just couldn't get going. Well, you probably tried it for a little bit and then completely got off of it, but you also probably kept this mindset that the first five minutes is really what the rest of the day was going to feel like. So you tried it a couple of days, didn't have the right mindset, didn't have a strategy in place, didn't get the right rest at night, didn't get you know restful sleep, fill in the blank, whatever it is. You probably did those things. And then about day three or four, I'm just guessing here when, you know, when the, you know, the excitement kind of wears off and you think, man, I'm waking up again feeling like crap. Nah. Punt. I'm done. I'm out of here. And uh, just didn't stick with it, right? So I just tell you, the, the hardest part is the first five minutes. But that's why the first five minutes is is crucial to be mastered so that you can get up every morning and not hit the snooze button. You can make this thing happen. Really, it's the moment of truth. That's when the moment of truth comes out and the decision is made right then, whether you're going to change your day or not. Uh, 
business coach in our business named Pete Greider. He always talks about, and I'm going to butcher this here, Pete, so if you ever hear the recording, I apologize, but he talks about uh, the, you know, the, the wise man and the something else. Gosh, I'm so sorry I'm butchering this. I'm doing it on the fly, not prepared. But the wise man and, let's just say, the, the ignorant man. That's not the name for it. I think it's like actually Thor and somebody else. But there's, you know, there's this sense of power within you that if you could just get up and unlock this, this you know, morning energy, this morning mindset that carries you through the day, like, like I've been so fortunate to be able to learn uh, and, and why I'm here doing this right now, if you can unlock that, you're going to be so much better during the day. But what happens? This, this other person, tries, this other voice in your head tries to steal that from you, and he basically just says, hey, the sheets are soft. Man, this Egyptian thread count, 9,000 Egyptian thread count feels pretty good. It's cold out there. You don't want to get up. You got the fans going, you know, whatever. Just stay in bed. And the longer you tell yourself that, just like I did, the longer you will. And the longer you say, I'm not a morning person, the longer you're going to be there. But you got these two voices fighting in your head, as Pete says, every single morning. And either that power person is going to take over, that power person side of you is going to take over, or the weak person is going to take over. And unfortunately, most people let the weak person take over. That's what I did for, you know, for years. But they go through these chapters here of talking about you know, just, you know, it takes five minutes to become a morning person. I thought that was really interesting is, you know, the, the early bird does get the worm type thing, but it only takes five minutes to become a morning person. And what they mean by that is if you can just master those first five minutes, if you can master that challenge of waking up, you know, it's almost like trying a new diet. You know, you get pumped up about it, you get great results, you, you know, you're, or you're thinking about all the great results that you're going to get starting tomorrow. And then what happens? Tomorrow comes. You get hungry. Your favorite food is looking at you from the fridge, and we all know what happens. Good intentions are there, but they have now left the building. Good intentions have left the building, and motivation goes into hibernation. So the next thing you know, you're sitting there on the couch with a tub of ice cream, watching Breaking Bad or whatever it is you watch, and the mornings are not so different from that, right? You're, you're going to be motivated. You're going to think about what happens tomorrow and maybe be excited about it. You're going to read your affirmations before you go to bed or your bedtime affirmations. And then what happens? The alarm goes off. And how motivated you're going to be when you're yanked out of a deep sleep in warm bed with a screaming alarm, alarm clock in a cold house, as I just described a while ago, how motivated you are to get up at that time typically depends on what you did the night before, as I've mentioned but that is going to be the deciding factor, whether that strong voice inside of you takes over, Thor, or whether the uh, not-so-strong, the weak person takes over. And, you know, we know where our motivation is going to be at that point. It will have gone off, and it's going to be replaced by rationalization. And the rationalization is a – it's really crafty, guys. It's really crafty. And just in a few seconds, we can take all of that powerful motivation that we were trying to convince ourselves with, convince ourselves with the night before and say what? hey, I just need a few more minutes. Where does it go? Where does it go? It's still there. It's just your willpower is finite, and your willpower is fickle. And if you haven't trained that willpower to get up, you know where you're going to be. So the next thing you know, you're up, you're scrambling, you're trying to get out of the door again, you're wiping your eyes, just you know, driving in, saying, God, i got to pound the coffee whenever I get there. And it's a really tricky problem. I'm not trying to act like it's, it's easy. It took me a long time to get to the point that I am right now, but I was going about it the wrong way. You guys can solve this really quickly. Learn from, learn from my mistakes. I went to the school of hard knocks on not getting enough sleep and just running myself into the ground, and now I am where I need to be, healthy person in the morning as I get up. But learn from my mistakes on that and use this uh, Miracle Morning uh, template to 
become a better person. You're going to empower yourself to do that. So, you know, here's here's the deal. We're going to talk about this five-minute snooze-proof wake-up strategy, as Hal talks about. So that's what he says. Five minutes, you can become a champion in the morning. I agree with that. And uh, we'll go through these steps really quickly. And again, we'll finish uh, part two and part three. I think this is going to end up being a three-part deal. And I'd encourage you to watch them in that order. Part one, part two, part or listen to that order. Part one, part two, part three. And you're going to uh, you're going to get a lot out of this. But here's the deal. Five-minute wake-up strategy. Minute one, you're going to set your intentions before bed. So the, the key to waking up in the morning is that your first thought in the morning is usually the last thought you had the night before you went in bed. So there's probably nights that you you know you could hardly fall asleep because you were you know stressed out or you were thinking about something or maybe you're just excited about something but you could hardly fall asleep and you're telling yourself, man, I'm going to be so tired in the morning. I just I can't go to sleep. I'm going to be so tired in the morning. Well, eventually you know the drill. You fall asleep. What's the first thing you think about when you wake up and that alarm goes off? When that rationalization really kicks in, the weak man kicks in, right? The weak voice kicks in. What are you thinking? You're thinking, oh, I'm so tired. I knew I was going to be so tired because I didn't get enough sleep last night. Think about a time, though, when that didn't happen. Think about Christmas Eve or Christmas Day morning. Think about going on a vacation. I've done that before. I've told myself, like, man, I'm going to be really tired in the morning, I bet, but I'm so excited to get to go on this trip, or I'm so excited about Christmas morning when I'm a kid. What happens when you wake up the next morning? You're really excited, and even if you think about how tired you are, those thoughts are quickly overcome by the excitement of what you're about to do. So the morning is no different. You just have to make sure you build in a routine that is just as exciting and just as compelling to get those negative thoughts out of your head of how tired you're going to be. What if your thought before going to bed was, hey, you know, I'm going to get up in six hours, but here's the cool thing. Look at how much more I get to spend on my day. Look at how early, you know, right, right now, guys, I wake up early every single morning because of the, the reason that I'm going to get here, the things that I'm going to do. Part of it is these recordings now. These recordings keep me going. They keep, they keep my energy up. And I know a lot of you guys are getting a lot out of them as well just from the feedback that I'm getting and the comments that you're leaving me. That's awesome. That fuels me. If I was just sitting here talking to myself all the time, I'd be learning a lot, still hardwiring it in, but I wouldn't be really getting to enjoy it with you guys. So that's part of the enjoyment, right, is I'm getting to share it with other people. And as long as you guys keep, you know, keep downloading out there, I'm going to keep posting stuff. And it's really, uh, really cool, you know, kind of community that we have here of listeners and all the feedback I get has been awesome. So tell me how your feedback, tell me how your uh, days are going on some of this stuff. But, you know, if you're getting up early and your first step is to consciously decide every night beforehand, remember your AM is determined by your PM, but if you're determined to actively and mindfully create a positive experience in the next morning, you're going to have a lot of help getting up. Still not going to be easy, especially at first. But the first five minutes are going to be a lot. <clears throat> first five minutes are still going to be hard, but they're going to be hopefully overcome by your willpower to get up. So minute number two is move your alarm clock across the room. I won't spend a lot of time on this because I've shared it in a couple of different recordings. By the way, if this is your first recording to hear me talk about sleep, go to Sleep Habits and the Miracle Morning. You're going to hear me talk a little bit more about some of these things as it relies, not necessarily to the book, because even though I did call that the Miracle Morning it, it didn't have a lot to do with the book because I, I hadn't read that yet. I just knew there was a Miracle Morning book out there. But that's all my personal experience on that. But move the alarm clock across the room. If you can't get up, like, like was my excuse, hey, if I move it across the room, I can't, you know, I can't hear it. Have somebody nudge you. If you're single, uh, just you know, be an adult and get up. Or No, I mean, you've got to set, uh, set your goals for the next day so high or so uh, – so exciting to you that it just gets you up in the morning. But once you're up, it's going to be a lot harder just to go crawl 
back into bed. So minute number three is brush your teeth. Uh, as soon as you've gotten out of bed, it's, it's amazing to me, guys, by the way, how many things I found in my life that work that I went and read The Miracle Morning finally this year, and it's all the same stuff. So I found it by default of just, again, the school of hard knocks of learning what works and what doesn't work. Put your alarm clock across the room, brush your teeth first thing in the morning. I was already doing those things, and I just started laughing whenever I read them in the book. So it works, guys. It's real. I mean, you've got multiple sources here saying that these things happen. But brush your teeth, um, you know, splash some water on your face, go, go directly in there, gag yourself a little bit. We don't want dragon breath, right? Get way back there on your tongue. You're going to gag yourself. It's going to force blood into into your face. It's going to force water into your eyes. And it's almost like an instant wake up. And I do it twice. I gag once. And I'm like, oh, man, I just it's like a jolt of wake up. I gag again. Really get that, t- that tongue clean way back there. No dragon breath for the day. And that, that one's like, you know, first one's like it pushes the light switch halfway up. Second one's like light switch is all the way up now. So I am up. Uh, minute number four, drink a full glass of water. So it's crucial, guys, that you're hydrating yourself. Our managing partner told me last year that 2% of dehydration actually starts to cause brain and body fatigue. That was amazing to me. So your, your body's made up of almost 80% of water, somewhere between 75 and 80% of water. I know for me, I starve my body of, of water uh, constantly. I don't, I don't, now I drink more, but I still don't drink as much as I need to. But you got to hydrate yourself first thing every morning. So I do this now. I took my vitamins this morning, took my magnesium, took my K2, took my vitamin D, took my allergy pill because I have crazy allergies here in Dallas. Never had them in my life till we moved to Dallas. Took my fish oil and took my, I believe that's it. But then now what I do, normally I would just kind of swallow those and now I just go and grab a big old glass of water because of this. But you need to hydrate yourself. You're going to start by getting... Um, you know, a big cup in each day and then trying to get more throughout the day as well. But if you start your day off that way, you're going to feel better. Minute five, get dressed or jump in the shower. So, you know, fifth step really has two options there. It's like get dressed in your exercise clothes. That's what I do now. Or get in the shower. That's going to further help you to wake up. And, uh, you know, the, the bedtime affirmations. Let me back up here and start this. The bedtime affirmations. If you haven't done this yet, I want you to go to www tmmbook.com and download the uh, intention setting miracle morning bedtime affirmations okay they're on there they're for free you can grab them and you know really there's nothing more effective in my opinion than having something written down that you can read each night but basically what those bedtime affirmations say is I'm going to bed at this time, but here's why I'm going to be energized when I wake up. I'm going to bed at this time, but here's why I'm not going to tell myself I'm tired when I wake up. I'm going to bed at this time, but here's what I plan to do when I wake up. Remember, your brain's going to think about when you wake up one of the you know some of the first th- last things you thought about when you were going to bed. So Hal Elrod, he's got the bedtime affirmations, and then he's also got the morning, you know, a sample morning affirmations, and then even his affirmations on that same website. So you can go in there. There's a ton of research on that, but um, you know. That's what we've got to do. We've got to make sure that we're feeding our brain at night before we go to bed and then getting up in the morning. And then he talks about going from unbearable to unstoppable. So you really are kind of unbearable. You wake up cranky. You're in a bad mood. You get in. The first thing you do, you know, you're already in your suit and tie, monkey suit on. Get get in here. You sit down and dive into your email. The first thing you see is an email pop up that you don't necessarily like to see. How are you going to feel, guys? I mean, that, that's a horrible recipe for success, but we all do it. And I, like I said, I didn't know what I didn't know for so long. 
But he talks about these three phases. He talks about phase one being unbearable. That's days one through ten. And that's, you know, any new activity you guys have is going to re require some effort to put in place if you go from never doing it to trying to do it every single day. But really with this, it's mind over matter at this stage, right? It's days one through ten. And if, uh, if you don't mind, it definitely won't matter. I'm sure you've heard that phrase before. But the habits of hitting snooze and not making the most of your day are the same habits holding you back most of us from becoming really what we want to be in business and you know in phase one days one through ten you're really fighting the existing patterns of your limiting beliefs and it's where it's really where you find out what you're made of in my opinion you've got to keep pushing you've got to stay committed you've got to think about your vision you've got to hang in there and after you get through days one through ten you're going to be uh, you know you don't have it locked in yet but you're going to be a lot better off phase two he says is just really uncomfortable so it's not um you know, it's not like phase one where it's just really unbearable and you just have to force yourself to fight through it. It's just kind of uncomfortable. Well, we can all do some things that are uncomfortable. We can get really comfortable being uncomfortable. But the good news is after days 11 through 20, it starts becoming, you know, you start becoming unstoppable, right? And that's kind of where I am right now. Like, you, you cannot stop me from getting up early in the morning. Even uh, this past year when we would travel places or when we would go, um, you know, to relatives' house for holidays or things like that, I'm like... Yeah, I'm getting up. You can't you can't stop me. Why? Because I've got a big enough compelling why to get me out of bed each day. Phase two is uncomfortable. Eleven through twenty, your body begins to start, you know, acclimating to this. You start waking up earlier. You start noticing how getting in earlier is a tiny bit easier each day, but it's not yet a habit. So we don't want to we don't want to slack off on this yet. And it's not likely who you're gonna become just yet. You kind of feel neutral. You're like, yeah, I really see the benefits of this, but man, it's still kinda of hard on some days. You know, the biggest temptation is to at this point is to reward yourself by taking a break, especially on the weekends. That's really where it can kill some of you out there. I, I get up early. You know, I'm I'm typically in the office, three thirty, four, four thirty AM on Saturdays. I do that so that I can get in a ton of work before the girls wake up. But, you know, Hal Elrod, they asked him at one point, you know, how many days do you get up early for your miracle morning? And he said, you know, that's every single day. We don't want to stop this. It's every single day. And and I'm telling you, some of you are hearing this out there and going, yeah, no thanks, man. I stay up late on Friday nights, drink a little alcohol, eat a little bad food, do whatever it is that you do out there. And I'm telling you guys, it that stuff will go away. You will. I get to bed early on Friday nights now, and I never thought I would be a guy that says that. But why? My compelling why is big enough now that it gets me up. So it's pretty awesome. And then, like I said, in phase three, days 21 through 30, you are unstoppable. And that's where, really where the magic happens, as he says. Rising early is now not only a habit, but it becomes part of who you are. And that's really what you've got to lock in, guys. I'm glad he made that point because it, a, habit, a habit can be broken if you, um, you know, if you don't see any value in it. But if this becomes who you are, if this becomes your signature of like, yeah, that's, that's just me, man. I get up early in the morning and it becomes who you are you are going to be unstoppable. Nobody can keep you from getting up early in the morning because of the excitement that you have whenever you lock into that. And, you know, it's going to be daunting, right, on day five to realize you still have 25 days ago before your kind of your transformation is complete and you become that morning person. But just keep in mind on day five, you're actually already halfway through the first phase and you're well on your way. So the first phase is the hardest, but by day five, you're already halfway through that. So your initial feelings are not going to last forever. We know that. And in fact, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to get the results that you need to have each day to live to your full potential, to work to your full potential, to be the full-bodied person balanced in life with your family, with your work, with your friends, with your Lord, with, uh, with all of that together. And you're going to be the person you want to be if you build in 
these miracle mornings. So we're going to start talking through now this last part of uh, part one here, the life savers, S-A-V-E-R-S. And I think we'll probably just get through the first couple here today, which is silence and affirmation. So we know that S is for silence. Well, let me go through them real quick in case you haven't heard them. It's silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing or journaling. So let's go through the first one. S is for silence, and silence is silence is so key, so key. If I, you know, if I had to say, hey, I've got to give up a few of these, whatever it may be here in the moment, I, I would not want to give up silence because I have found the benefits of being in uh, silence. So if you think about our business, we are we are so bombarded by just an endless barrage of phone calls, emails sales meetings, you know, tracking sheets. It just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes, and, and there's no opportunity to stop. You just keep running and running and running, and you've got to stop and breathe. So most people start the day by checking email, text, running some reports, <clears throat> you know, something on their smartphones, and most people really struggle with sales. Most people out there, think about it, most people are not great salespeople, and it's not really a, a coincidence that so many of us that think we're really good salespeople don't really start our day well and then end up being burnt out later. You've heard that story probably for most people time and time again. But if you start with a period of silence each day, you will immediately reduce your stress levels. You're going to begin the day with the kind of calm and clarity that you need in order to focus on what's important. And you're really going to become a pro at this, as, uh, as the book mentions. So, you know, if this whole silence thing's kind of weird for you, you know, it's not like you want to just sit there and do nothing. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I actually do. The, the silence part is 10 minutes. So I'll not pray for five minutes, and I might sit there in silence for five minutes and do nothing. Uh, like yesterday, I prayed through the entire time. It actually went by really fast. And I was like, oh, okay, it's time to move on to the next thing. But I prayed the entire time. Uh, you guys may have heard me say on another recording, one of my goals is to spend an, an hour every single uh, week. Just block off one hour every single week. And this would be outside of like the Miracle Morning or whatever, but maybe it's just like on a Friday afternoon, 3 p.m. type thing, shut it down early and just spend time in silence. Uh, put in some earplugs. There's these Heroes earplugs on Amazon I've told you guys about that have like 33 or 35 decibel rating. You, you, know, you can't hear anything in those things. They're pretty awesome. But throw those in and just sit somewhere. Sit at a coffee shop, sit wherever. You know, another cool thing, if you're sitting in a coffee shop in the in the afternoon, sitting by some windows or something like that, you can throw in some earplugs. Nobody cares, right? Um, I've, I've done that plenty of times. People just think you're studying or whatever. Throw in your sunglasses. Okay, bear, bear with me here. I know this image you guys are probably getting in your mind of me sitting in a coffee shop with earplugs and sunglasses in. And, yeah, real cool, Jared. Uh, see you there. Uh, but I would just say, just kind of think about it. Open mind here, right? Put in some earplugs. Nobody cares, right? This is you, you owe it to yourself to get this in. Put on some sunglasses so people can't see your eyes. You can sit there in a coffee shop in almost absolute silence with those ear, earplugs in. And with your sunglasses on, you can close your eyes. You can pray. You can sit inside. You can do whatever, okay? I've, I've got the benefit of I've got an office here that no windows in my office. I can close the door. Uh, no outside windows where people can see in here from our office. But uh, I can close the door. I can close all of the blinds in uh, all the windows here in my office, and I can get it dark in here. And, man, I can just spend some, some time in silence if it's, you know, uh, at the end of the day or something like that. But think of other things in uh, silence that you could be doing, whether it's, uh, like I said, prayer. It could be reflection. It could be thinking about gratitude. It could be thinking about how blessed we all are to do what we do. It could be deep breathing. 
You've heard me talk about plenty of, plenty of times before with deep breathing and the benefits behind that. And then uh, it could be you know meditation. And so meditation is, for me, meditating on spiritual things, meditating on the chapter of the Bible that I just read, meditating on... You know, how can I become a better father, better husband, better, uh, you know, fill in the blank. You know, all those things could be your part of silence. And, and really the benefits of silence for me is just, you know, stress. Think about this issue of stress. It's one of the most common reasons that most of us lose focus in business or get burnt out in business. And so there's, you know, there's always other people coming in on your schedule. There's always these other things when you're in business for yourself that come in on your schedule that don't allow you to feel in control unless what unless you decide to get control of it but quieting the mind is going to allow you to put things aside and focus on working on your business instead of always just being in your business as we've mentioned before um, but the effect's going to go well beyond productivity right um, stress is super I mean uh, yeah stress is super bad for your health we know that it's going to trigger this fight or flight response it's going to release all these toxic hormones in your body that's going to those, those things can stay in your body for days I'm learning more and more that I'm reading here uh, but silence in the form of meditation, reflection, prayer, whatever you choose to do in that time, it can reduce stress, it can improve your health. And, uh, you know, the, there's research out there now that says people who take time over, over their life, they build it in, they're actually 30% less likely to die from heart disease. Pretty cool thing. You know, I told my doctor one time, hey, I'm, I'm kind of stressed out about dying of cancer. I've just always kind of thought, like, man, cancer, it's so prevalent in our society. I know I don't eat the right foods. I feel my body full of junk don't get enough sleep, I'm probably, you know, some sort of cancer, and uh, he just said real flippantly, like, nah, it'll probably be heart disease, I mean, he didn't even, like, he didn't even miss a beat, so heart disease for males, high-performing males, if you don't get your stress under control, you're going to deal with that, okay, so if you, uh, if you lock that in, though, and you say, look, I'm going to, I'm going to spend some time in silence, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to breathe, uh, I'm going to get some time in, and, and just not, I'm going to take control of the day, not let the day take control of me, you are going to be so much more in control once the day starts. Wrapping up here, the A is for affirmations. So time and time again, we see that mindset shows up really as a driving factor in performance. We know that. We've heard that from plenty of people that, that have gotten burnt out or plenty of people on the other end that are excelling. But, you know, uh, mindset is going to show up. You think you're hiding it in, but mindset's going to show up in your language, in your confidence, in your demeanor. It's going to be there. And with a great mindset, you're going to be able to do a lot more uh, you're going to be able to do basically just a lot more with your time. And our programming really has has come from many influences on that when it comes to mindset. Uh, you know, maybe for, for you it's what you've been told by others. It's what you've told yourself. That's what we get in our own way a lot of times. And all these good or bad life experiences, they shape these truths, quote-unquote, that really aren't truths. They're opinions. So I did a recording on lenses, so identity shifting and lenses. So go take a listen to that when it comes to all these truths that we think we have that are really just mindset opinions that we can really shatter and get out of the way. But affirmations are a tool for doing just that. And I'll tell you, one of the biggest things that has won me over about the Miracle Morning is the issue of, or the topic of affirmations. You know, I'll, I'll expose myself here. I used to be very cynical, pessimistic um, on, on everything, right? But especially on something like this, when I would hear people saying things like, I read my goals daily and I just speak positivity over myself. I mean, even now, and I'm like, I changed my voice right then. I don't know if you saw that. Like, I changed my voice to like a weaker person. <laughs> I still feel that way. Uh, it, it hasn't left me yet uh, completely. You can tell by the way I just shifted, but it's like, I speak over myself. I, I'm, I'm, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And people like me, you know, that's what I thought these affirmations were for so long is this just... You know, it's this silly, like, you know, 
Stuart Smalley, whatever you want to call it, guys, I am like, you know, call it Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, whatever. I'm like totally 180 now on affirmations. I wrote down my affirmations for the first time in this year after being inspired by the Miracle Morning, wrote them down, and I just forced myself to do it. I thought, hey, a lot of this other stuff's working for me as well. I'll write down my affirmations. Guys, it has been a game changer. Game changer. I'm not even the same person on that. So if you go on the MiracleMorning.com website that I gave you a few minutes ago, TMM, just Google the Miracle Morning website. You'll go to it. Um, but they, they've got those sample affirmations on there. So what I did was I just downloaded it, took, took it in a Word document, downloaded it, and then I put my own affirmations in there. But you've got kind of a first, second, third, and fourth step. And basically you're just telling yourself, hey, you know, here, here's what I choose to believe each day. And follow their prompt. You can you can get a good guide from them uh, from or from Hal Elrod. But I filled in my own stuff there, and there's just certain things in there now where it's like, I will do this. This will happen. I'm going, you know, I'm, I will do this. This other thing's going to happen. This is how I choose to think about myself each day. And it's not hocus pocus. It's real. So when I read now, I, I will do such and such in my business. This will happen. And I'm reading that at night, and I'm reading that in the morning. I, I can't tell you how much empowerment I get on that. And I'll tell you this, too. I can guarantee you it hasn't happened yet, but I know when I fall off the wagon a little bit here this year, because we can't be perfect all the time, I know that if I have those things hardwired into my brain, they are going to keep me going throughout the year. Why? Because I've read them over and over and over uh, before going to bed and then waking up each morning. And I'll tell you, I'll encourage you not to miss. Uh, Yesterday morning and the night before were the first two times I've missed since the 1st of January, and I felt it all day long. I told the guys here in my office, like, man, this is seemed weird but I just I feel the fact I feel the pressure that I missed reading those and I want to go read them now because I know it's going to help me reset to the type of person I need to be charging forward throughout the day so if you know if you're kind of rolling your eyes here like I used to be like all right man that's like for weak people you know my thought was hey just get up go to work be a freaking adult just go work I don't need to speak a positivity over me I need to go and do what I'm supposed to do and be responsible Guys, that only gets you so far. That only gets you so far. Take it from me. I feel like I'm a pretty hard-charging person. I feel like I have the ability to take way too much on my plate of, of what's good for me. That only works so far until you burn yourself out. You have to have some sort of a reset factor here, and these affirmations have been a game-changer for me. So I do it every night. Go to bed. I read, you know, Last night I was tired. I was like, ah, I'm supposed to be in bed by 9.30, and it's 9.48 or whatever it was, and I'm just still awake trying to set my alarm and I tend, you know, I was very tempted to go, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to read my affirmations. You know, it, t- it takes no time. It's like, you know, five minutes or something. Uh, you don't want to do it flippantly. You want to do it with emotion and you want to do it with, uh, with uh, you know, you want to focus on it. You don't want to just read through it real quick and go, okay, I did it, go to bed. That's not going to help you either. It's like a car with no wheels, as Hal Elrod says. But you want to read it with emotion. You want to focus on each line. You want to really believe what it is that you've written on there. If you don't believe certain lines that you've written on your affirmations, get them, get them out, delete it. But last night I just said, nope, I'm not going to miss another day. The, the, the five minutes I'm going to lose in sleep that I already wanted to be in bed is going to be way overpowered by me reading these. And I'm going to read them again this morning. So I do it every evening and every morning, or that's my goal. And I would encourage you to do the same thing. But we've got all these program things in our mind that we think are truth, and repeating those affirmations are going to help us get centered back on where we need to be. And I was amazed at how much power uh, just energy inside of me that I felt and excitement I felt when I read those, you know, even the first time, very, very first time I printed them out and read them or got them or, printed them or put them on my iPad. It's just very empowering to look at those. I even smile sometimes when I'm reading them because I'm like, man, I will do that. That's going to feel so good whenever I do that. And I don't, you know, I don't want to not hit my goals this year. And so it's, it's, man, it is the key. It is good stuff. 
And, you know, science has proved, there's, there's plenty of research on this, science has proven that affirmations, when done correctly, are one of the most effective tools for quickly becoming the person you need to achieve everything you want in life. That's straight out of the book there. And the old way of affirmations doesn't work. If you're thinking of affirmations like I used to, which is like, you know, telling yourself, you, I am something or I have something. He goes into this part of the book where he says, you know, I am a millionaire. Well, no, you're not. I have 7% body fat. Well, no, you don't. I have achieved all my goals this year. Nope, sorry, you haven't. Your, uh, you know, your brain is going to call BS on that, and uh, and it's going to say, hey, this is not real. Passive language does not produce results. We know that, and so that's what I thought positive affirmations were for so long. Is just kind of telling yourself all these lies, and then just you know trying to get strength from that. I wasn't on board with that uh, at all. Okay, so you've got to say, I will do this. I will do that. Um, those are going to be a lot more powerful for you. So um, last part here, four steps to create affirmations that are going to increase your productivity. Number one is the extraordinary result you're committed to and why. So you've got to figure out what is that extraordinary result I'm committed to and why. Start by writing down your extraordinary result or outcome, one, one that challenges you and would significantly improve your life. And even if you're not sure yet how you would do that, that's pretty key too. Even if you're not sure how you would do that, still write it down. So you could say something, for example, you know, the book here, it says, I'm committed to doubling my income in the next 12 months from blank to blank amount of money so that I can br- provide financial security for my family. Or I'm committed to, lo- I'm 100% committed to losing blank pounds and weighing blank pounds by blank date so that I have more energy and set an example of health and fitness for my kids. Those are measurable. You, you hear dates in there. You hear specific numbers in there. Those are going to be your measurable actions that are going to be uh, what you're committed to and why. The second step is the necessary actions you have to take in order to do that and when. So writing an affirmation that merely affirms what you want without affirming what you're committed to doing is really pointless, he says. Okay, So you've got to clarify the specific activity or habit that's required for you to achieve your ideal outcome and you've got to say when and how often you're going to execute that necessary action. So, for, for example, to double that income, so we're, we're kind of continuing the second step here. Step number two, to double my income, I'm committed to daily prospecting calls from 20 to 40 calls five days a week from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., no matter what, all in big language there. Or, to ensure that I lose blank pounds, I'm 100% committed to going to the gym five days a week and running on the treadmill for a minimum of 20 minutes each day from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. So remember, specific and measurable, the more specific they are, the better. And be sure to include the frequency, how often, or maybe the quantity, how many, and and the precise time frames that you're going to do these activities. Step number three, recite your affirmations every morning with emotion. So I can't uh, can't stress that enough, with emotion. So they're not, you know, these things are not designed to make you feel good. They are designed to, strate- they're strategically engineered, is, is what he says here, but they are designed to program your subconscious mind with the beliefs over and over that, that your mindset needs to be in a certain position to achieve your desired outcomes while directing your conscious mind to keep you focused on the highest priorities and taking the actions that will help you get there. So mindlessly repeating affirmations over and over again without any intentionality, without any emotions, it's going to have very little, if any, impact on you. So the step here, the action step, is schedule time each day to read your affirmations in the morning, ideally during your miracle morning, right, to program both your subconscious and focus your conscious mind on what's most important and what you're committed to doing to make these things a reality. And that's right, guys. You've got to read them daily. Don't skip. Okay, so you heard in my book, uh, my recording about superhuman by habit. What does Tynan say? 
he says you don't miss anything from the day before. But we're not perfect, right? So we're going to miss something from time and time again. But what happens when you do? Well, you make that thing your biggest and highest and utmost priority for the next day. It's the thing you do first the next day. And then his friend asked him, well, what if you miss twice? And he said, you never miss twice, ever. No questions asked. You never miss twice. Because if you do, you might as well just start over on, uh, on trying to build this habit. So the good thing with affirmations is you're actually going to do both. You're going to read them at night and in the morning. So if you miss them at night then what a better way to just lock them in in the morning because you're already going to be reading them anyway. Just make it the very first thing you do. Make it a priority. Number four, last point here, is constantly update and evolve your affirmations. And, um, you know, Hal, Hal says he's got specific affirmations for every area of his life. Finances, health, happiness, relationships, parenting, all of those. And he's always updating those affirmations as he learns more. So updating your affirmations would be like updating your goals. It's okay to adjust and change them, but we don't want to get uh, off side of the, of the real thing that we were striving for. So for a lot of people with their goals, they'll get to a certain point in life and real, a certain point of the year and realize, I'm not hitting my goals. I'm far off my goals. I better adjust them. Well, what, what do they do? They don't just adjust their actions. They adjust the whole goal. Right, So it's easy to do that. Just say, oh, well, maybe I'll shoot for a much lesser result this year because I'm so far behind. Uh, you can do that with your affirmations as well. You can change your affirmations to where really it changes your whole focus of whatever you're doing and makes you become kind of a lesser person. Adjust those as time goes on. Delete the ones that are not meaning anything to you. Rewrite the ones that you feel good about but you don't have enough motion behind them. And uh, you can adjust those over time, and you should be adjusting those. So those new affirmations are going to help you commit to creating uh, you know what's really really critically important to you and and sustain those levels of success that you truly want because you're going to feel that fire within yourself guys if you know like for me this year it's writing 60 brand new clients i want to bring 60 new clients into my business this year and i've written that on my affirmation uh, the first thing in step number four is i will write 60 new clients this year this will happen what's going to happen whenever i'm just being lax or lazy during a week i'm not getting my phone calls in i'm not getting my prospecting done to get introductions into my business what's going to happen i'm hoping that if I've hardwired my brain and I've read these affirmations morning and evening, that I'm going to have this fire within my gut that comes in to go, oh, no, 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 I can't do this. I can't let this happen. Why? Because this means so much to me. It means so much to me, and I'm cementing that fact in my mind by reading them day and night. So, guys, I'll wrap it up there. I know this recording went just a little bit longer. Uh, that is the end of... Um, that is the end of the affirmation. So we're going to pick up on the next recording with V for visualization. So remember, you got visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing that are coming up next. So uh, if you felt like this one was a little bit long and you couldn't, uh, you know, some of you don't have as much time out there, I would encourage you, though, to just listen to this stuff through your Bluetooth while you're driving around, while you're wa even walking around in your office. I mean, half the time I'm walking around my office with my uh, hearing aid Bluetooth in, as I call it, just listening to stuff, you know, go in the restroom, go in the copy machine, go in to grab a cup of coffee, go into, you know, walking downstairs to go to my next meeting. I'm listening to this stuff, uh, audiobooks, podcasts, all this stuff. I'd encourage you to do the same thing. So, if, you know, the good, things is, the good thing is these are recordings, right? You don't have to get it all in at one time. You can listen to 10 minutes here and there, but I would encourage you if you can sit down and listen to all of these all the way through, it's going to be good. Take notes when you can so you can hardwire some of this in. But I, I will make this, uh, I don't make a promise to you, but I'll make this commitment to you. I'll, I will commit to not making part two and part three as long as this one was. I kind of needed to give some background of the Miracle Morning there at the beginning. But we're going to dive on into these other steps as time goes by. And I really hope you guys start baking this into your life. And uh, at some point, um, you know, I want to hear more from you guys as well if you're really using this and it's working. But just big takeaway this morning is the first five minutes are the hardest. Get past that 
and you will start locking this stuff in. Thanks, guys. Go have a great morning. So there you have it. My pleasure to bring that to you this morning. Glad I was encouraged to do a repost of that. So I encourage you to go out and rock your morning every morning. As you can hopefully tell from that recording, it's a little easier than maybe some of you thought out there who are just dreading getting up each morning. Most of it is a mental mind game. So don't fall into that trap of being lazy and sluggish and snoozing the alarm for 14 years like I did for an hour. Hopefully you guys are getting up and challenging the morning. And remember, if you own the morning, you will own the day. And 98% of how your morning looks is determined by what you do in the p.m. before. So get to bed early, get up early, and you're going to go out and have a much more fulfilled day by how you start off the morning. Thanks so much, guys.